Best Practices for Virtual Biblical Counseling on this edition of Truth and Love. I'm Dale Johnson, and you're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors, where we seek to provide biblical solutions to the problems that people face. This week on the podcast, I'm delighted to have my friend Josh Weidman with me. He's the senior pastor of Grace Chapel in Denver, Colorado. He also leads the Hope of Denver Biblical Counseling Center, which does in-person and virtual biblical counseling. In addition, he's a doctoral candidate at Southern Seminary. He's the father of six children. He's married to Molly. And he recently released a book on this very topic titled Best Practices of Virtual Biblical Counseling. Josh, I'm so grateful that you're here. I always have such a wonderful time chatting with you and especially about this particular topic. So thanks for being with me. Yeah, thanks, Dale. And thanks for calling me a friend. I appreciate the friendship that we share as well. Yeah, wonderful. And I've gotten to know you, you know, over the last several years, just really enjoyed the time that we spent together. We've done a couple of things with the Biblical Counseling Summit, which I would encourage all of our listeners to check out. I think some of the topics that we've covered have been really outstanding. So I really appreciate the work that you're doing there in Denver that's reaching much further than Denver, too. Thank you. Listen, as we talk about this topic, particularly in the pandemic, we we saw really an explosion in virtual counseling. And so I'm so grateful that you've given some focused attention. You guys there in Denver, the Hope of Denver Biblical Counseling Center, you you guys have have taken advantage, I think, of this opportunity to, to refine some of these things. So talk about, in your mind, how has biblical counseling changed with the advancement of technology and now the ability to speak in really a face-to-face way virtually. Well, it's changed drastically. And obviously the pandemic catapulted people having to figure out how do I counsel without being able to be in person. And then now we're in kind of this post-pandemic culture. And so much of what we learned to do during the pandemic has stuck. And people are still used to talking through screens, be it through FaceTime or Zoom or Microsoft Teams or whatever it may be. And so this has become a way of life. But prior to the pandemic, and I would say really by the Lord orchestrating some things, we were growing so fast at the Hope of Denver, getting so many requests from people that were far away. We had to figure out how do we counsel when there's a geographical separation. So not just the separation due to social distancing, but how do we overcome it when somebody can't come to us? I remember, Dale, the first call I got, it was from a couple that was desperate for the need for counseling. They were about four hours away from us. And they said, would you counsel us through Zoom? And everything in my in my training and in my mind was, no, mm-hmm. we have to do this in person. And it'd be best, obviously, for you to be in your local church. Well, he was a pastor. And so he was like, listen, I'm seeking something outside of my local church, mm-hmm. small little town on the eastern plains of Colorado. Can we counsel? And he actually said, we're willing to drive, but it'd be four hours one way. Mm -hmm. And I just felt, man, I don't know that that's the best stewardship of your time. Let's try this through a video. And that was the first time I did a virtual counseling face. That was years and years ago. That went so well that we started adding Mm -hmm. pieces of that to our ministry. And the behind the scenes story is that the Hope of Denver, we were dreaming, how could we reach more people in Colorado? Mm -hmm. Uh, Randy Patton, who's a mentor and kind of helped us in many ways with our counseling center, and someone who's influenced greatly in the biblical counseling world, I, I reached out to him and said, I got this idea to start a virtual biblical counseling center. And uh, in so many words, he's like, I don't think that's wise. Mm-hmm. And you should not do that. <laughs> and maybe you just ate something bad for lunch or, you know, you shouldn't be thinking about that. But the next day I called back and said, you know what, maybe there is some wisdom to that in the times that we live in. And then soon thereafter, obviously the pandemic hit us and we mm-hmm. had to do things virtually. So I do think that there's a need for it. I think people have gotten used to it. 
And I think there's a way that we can use the advances of technology to further the gospel, maybe like other generations before us have not been able to do. Yeah, you mentioned some of the advancements, things like FaceTime. People have become so accustomed to that. That's 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 a typical way of communicating, and you don't feel distant necessarily in relationship. Yeah. But there, there is a sense still when you're talking about something as intimate as counseling. I want you to describe this, and because for some people it might be off-putting to think, man, I've, I've got to talk about such intimate details yeah. in an online setting. Does counseling through a screen really compromise the biblical counseling experience? And I want you to think about it from, the counselee and also from the perspective of the counselor. Cause yeah. I'm thinking as a counselor, man, I like my whiteboard. Yeah. I enjoy to do that kind of stuff, but yeah. there are ways that you can even, you know, help out through a screen as well. So yeah. talk, talk through some of that. Yeah. It's, it's a different experience in summary. Right up front, I would say, I don't know that it compromises the experience, mm-hmm. but it is definitely different. So let's do think about it from the counselee's perspective. The counselee doesn't get to come into your office, doesn't get to see you. Uh, your whole person, you know, if I, if you will, in front of them, they don't get to see you draw on that whiteboard. They don't get to see you hand them a physical piece of paper or a worksheet or a handout. Uh, some of those things are, it's not that you're losing them. They're just different in the virtual experience. What you still maintain in the virtual experience, and I talk about this in, in the little booklet that we put out, is you still have so much that you're able to see through a screen. Mm-hmm. So it's estimated that about 70% of all that you would experience in person can still be experienced through the screen. So yeah, you're missing a good 30%. In fact, I just met another one of our members here, Terry Enns. Yeah. I've been meeting with him mostly through a screen. Yeah. And uh, he walked up to me yesterday. I said, I didn't know you were that tall, you know, so because <laughs> I'm used to just seeing it. So there's part of that. You just yeah. don't experience a person when they're not in front of you. But I'll tell you, I know Terry. I've spent a lot of time with him through a screen and I get to see his facial expressions. Mm-hmm. And the Bible talks about how even the eyes are a window to the soul. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the face can show the countenance of a heart. So there is a lot that we can still experience through the screen, both from the counselee mm-hmm. and then from us as a counselor to the counselee. For the counselor, I think you, it just requires a lot of a more preparedness or a different mindset. How am I going to show them this handout? How am I going to maybe draw this out for them if I can't use the whiteboard in my typical way? How am I going to make sure we're flipping through passages together? So you have to think different. Mm-hmm. It may not be that you've lost anything, but you're doing something different. And we can drill down on some of that more if you'd like. But it's just a different mindset on how we approach it. Yeah, it is different. I think just helping to overcome some of what may feel like a coldness, there's a way that you can you can build rapport even through that means. And, and I would say, you know, once you become a little bit more proficient and you play around with something like Zoom or Teams or whatever, there are opportunities to, you got a whiteboard. present right there that you can use and so when i do this type of virtual counseling i don't feel like i'm i'm losing my opportunities to draw my good diagrams and walk people through things (laughs) in their life and so lots of availability with that advanced technology now if we're thinking about i mean we're biblical counselors that's just sort of how we think so we're we're always looking for biblical categories for things so if we think about virtual counseling is there a biblical category we can use when when processing this idea of virtual biblical counseling that's suitable for us to utilize. Here. Yeah, that's a great question. I really had to struggle with that even as we were putting together the book, trying to figure out what what is the right way to think about the use of technology mm-hmm. and, and biblically how I use it to advance the gospel. And the category that I would put it in is the category of hospitality. Mm-hmm. Think about passages that tell us to be hospitable. Titus chapter 1 verse 8 says, rather he must be hospitable, one who loves what is good, who is self-controlled, upright, holy and disciplined. I mean, this 
this idea of counseling someone through a screen really at the core is about hospitality. And hospitality is a key to Christianity, and I think it shouldn't be neglected in our counseling. So for a person that says, hey, listen, I can't drive four hours one way to you, or I have a, a debilitating uh, physical ailment that keeps me from being able to be in your presence, what can I do to be more hospitable to that person and to really pull them in? And I believe that virtual biblical counseling is uh, an aspect of that hospitality. I do think that if the Apostle Paul yeah. had Zoom, I mean, imagine what he would have done, with it, yeah. you know, or email or anything like that. Uh, he talks about in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 20, I become like the Jews to win the Jews with the Gentiles. I too live apart from the law so that I can bring them to Christ. And he, he's saying, I have to, in some areas of my life, never compromise, mm -hmm. but sometimes contextualize in order to reach people with the gospel. And I think in some ways, if you, if you think of virtual biblical counseling that way, listen, I'm going to, I'm going to now reach the shut in that I couldn't have otherwise reached. I'm going to reach the person who has no childcare whatsoever, no family, the single mom or whatever that just can't get out of the house but could do counseling during the kid's nap time. Man, how hospitable to say, hey, I could still meet with you during that mm -hmm. and let's find a way to really make this happen. In the book, I talk a lot about different ways that we can be hospitable. Mm -hmm. I think it comes through how we communicate with our body language, but it's even things like I talk about letting them know what's on your desk, having your Bible ready, your notepad. I'll even say, get your cup of coffee ready. Make it feel as, as if they're sitting right there with you. Encourage them to do the same. I have a checklist that I will send every virtual biblical counseling case that I do. I send them this checklist that includes check your internet, get your cup of hot tea, get your Bible ready, get your notes ready. I want them to feel that I'm being hospitable from the very time we interact electronically. I think that those practical suggestions are so helpful. And, you know, we're going to we're going to prepare and uh, be ready in any counseling situation, no matter what type of case we're dealing with. But what are some of the ways that you might see in addition to our normal preparation in a virtual setting? What, what are some of the yeah. additional things that you would do in preparing for, for this type of counseling? Sure. Well, it, that that's probably the part that probably keeps people away from virtual counseling the most is, man, what would it take to do that? And um with all due respect, I'm going to use my mom as an example. Mm. My mom is in her mid to late 60s. She didn't grow up with technology like we've experienced it today or maybe like I've experienced it. Technology can be hard for her, but I'll tell you, she's one of our best virtual biblical counselors. Mm. But there was a learning curve for her. She had to learn how to use an online platform, mm. find something that was compatible for her, that was easy to use, that was no cost to the counselee. Mm. And we helped her do all those kind of things. But then setting up the right setting. I think it's so important that we think through what does it look like for the counselee to experience us through a screen. So one of the things that I recommend first and foremost is making sure that the audio is as strong as it can be. A great videographer said to me once, if they can't see you that well, that's okay. But if they can't hear you, that's not okay. And so making sure that they can hear you. I even bought just this $30 microphone that goes through my USB port to just sit in front of me to make sure that they can hear me as clear as possible. So making sure that your audio is good. Then secondarily would be video or lighting. Just making sure that you're not sitting in front of a bright window where they can't see you. Uh, that your face is well lit so that they can experience you because you want them to see your face just as much as you want to see theirs. And then making sure that you have your Bible ready, that you're, prepar you're prepared to take notes. I take notes electronically when I'm counseling virtually. Part of the reason that I do that is so that my face stays up mm -hmm. and face towards the screen. 
But I'll even tell my counselee, hey, you're going to see me looking over to the left a little bit. Mm -hmm. What I'm doing is I'm actually taking notes right here on the screen mm -hmm. in a confidential place that is uh, allowing me to still stay attentive to you. Mm -hmm. I'll even tell the counselee every other app is closed. All my notifications have been turned down so that they feel as if I'm fully focused mm -hmm. on them. So those kind of things are, are very important. And then, like I mentioned, I've put together even a checklist that I ask the counselee then to be prepared with. So I will say to them, make sure that their internet is good, that their computer has a power cord. Mm -hmm. I can't tell you how many computers have died in a session. <laughs> we could have avoided that. Just plug your computer in, please. Make sure that you're ready with your Bible. You know, don't get up and get it. Making sure that if the kids are home, they're either napping or in a safe place with another adult and you're in a confidential setting. I mean, these are all things that I'll put, put out there to make sure that our experience mm -hmm. is as strong as possible. Man, I love this because you've thought through so much relative to detail, not just preparation for me as the counselor, but also preparation for the counselee, helping them think through what this experience could be like or should be like, ways to uh, keep out things that might hinder the process as well. Mm -hmm. I think all this is really wise. So as you think about this, do you see virtual biblical counseling as, as a help or a hindrance to advancing the gospel in the culture in which we live in? Yeah, I, I really see it as an advancement. I, I, you know, our goal is to make great the power of Jesus Christ for everyday life, to show the sufficiency of Scripture to those that we're counseling. And Dale, I believe that if we can use the tools that we have in the time that we live in mm -hmm. to advance the gospel, we'll be able to see greater spread of the truth of Christ, mm -hmm. greater reliance upon God's Word um, in places maybe we could have never gotten to. Mm -hmm. I think about the way that Virtual biblical counseling saves me commuting time. It saves me flights. It saves people mm -hmm. from traveling uh, to me. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can I can minister to someone and have overseas at different parts of the day. I would never be able to do that. Now, I want to say this. We should still keep in mind the local church, getting them in, plugged into their own local church and under their pastoral care of someone that's in their community. But there are some cases where people need help and they need to know, how do I apply the gospel? in a place where there is no biblical counselor or even an equipped pastor to help them. So if we can do that, if we can advance the gospel of Jesus Christ to the ends of the earth using technology, mm -hmm. come on, that's amazing. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, again, think the biblical counseling movement will be advanced, but more so the gospel ministry of Jesus Christ will be advanced like it never has been if we do this well. Absolutely well said. And now no excuses on these types of things. And, and the Lord has given us opportunity. And Josh, I think you've explained this super well. The Lord has obviously blessed you to refine your thinking in some of this and how we can utilize this for the sake of the kingdom. And, and I love the way that you're thinking. Now, I want to mention to you at our most recent annual conference, Josh did a breakout on this very topic, best practices of virtual biblical counseling. You can find that on our resources at biblicalcounseling.com. And also he wrote a booklet on this topic, as I mentioned before, we'll connect that in the show notes so you can have access to that on the best practices of virtual biblical counseling. Brother, thank you so much for your time, your work there in Denver. So grateful for you and how you're helping us to advance the work of biblical counselors to reach people who, who otherwise might have been unreachable to us. It's my privilege and for the glory of Jesus Christ. Thank you. Amen. You're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of ACBC. 
You know, one of the things that's really interesting is post-pandemic, all of us have become much more familiar with uh, platforms like Zoom. We have virtual meetings all the time, and counseling has been no different. It's been a way for us to minister to people who we're not in close proximity to geographically. And, and Josh has been very helpful. The center that he works at, as he mentioned, does this kind of work all the time. Uh, he actually authored a booklet for us in the Biblical Solutions series. He authored a booklet on this very topic. And so I would encourage you to go find that particular booklet on best practices to do virtual biblical counseling. I think you'll find it helpful in, in ways to still do our fundamentals, right? To build rapport, to be able to ask good, appropriate questions, to pay attention to body language, all those kinds of things. Josh mentions those in the booklet. And that particular booklet is one of over 20 now that we have written. More will be coming out in October. And we're so excited about these booklets and the way that they've been received. Uh, they're written particularly to counselors to, to help a counselor engage counselees who are dealing with certain issues. And so I want to encourage you to, to find Josh's booklet and also the many other titles that we have available. Go to our store page on our website, biblicalcounseling.com. 